You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Welcome to the show. So we have a special guest with us today returning. It is my brother Luke. Say hey Luke. Hey. And we are talking about Pixar movies. Now this is a special episode because we are all out of office right now and we are at the beach so that's a ton of fun. Um, But we are basically just in the light of Luca, Pixar's most recent film dropping on Disney Plus and in theaters I believe. Uh, We're going to be talking about just Pixar's storied, long history, and the films that we've enjoyed and not enjoyed so much. And we're going to be starting from the very first one, which I believe was Toy Story. Yeah. Is that but, correct? But full disclaimer, yeah. we have to admit we have not seen all of them. We've seen probably 85% of the 23 films mm-hmm. that have been um, released under the Pixar like, generally speaking, we've seen the ones that are worth seeing, and I think that the majority of the public could probably agree with this uh, once we actually get into it. But let's go ahead and start with uh, Toy Story, which was released in, what, 1995? Yep. Crazy. So, um, I think, according to my dad, Toy Story was my very first theater experience, or maybe it was Toy no, Story 2. Toy Story 2, two was your yeah, first, yeah, okay. So, I was born in 97, but I didn't know if, how, if they re-released it or something like that. But, um, yeah, Toy Story, I remember liking Toy Story when it, uh, when it sort of, I first saw it, but Sid was always a problem, and I think... Sid is mean. And, of course, he was supposed to be the antagonist, but, you know, there's something that's so different about Toy Story 1 than Toy Story 2. The first one obviously has a lot of heart, but there is a bit of a strange, mean spirit to it that I think just was ironed out in the second one. And I think that's really where Pixar found its footing in terms of how to tell a story and have you know meaningful characters that you can sort of connect with. So I do like the first Toy Story film. It's been a while since I've seen it, but obviously it's a worthy entry and a great starting point for the Pixar franchise. I would have to agree. Toy Story, sometimes you cannot best the original. Yeah. And uh, Toy Story is, is certainly, in my opinion, well, one of the best. I'll also say something interesting here, um, that of all the Pixar films, it has the lowest budget. It was made for $30 million and really? made just under $200 million in North America. All the others just are crazy uh, $100 plus million dollar budgets. Yeah, I would imagine so. If you look, went and looked back at some of the animation mm-hmm. in the first Toy Story film, you could probably see how much, uh, how much further it's come today. I mean, I remember even with... Um, uh, Monsters Inc. It was just decidedly better. Mm-hmm. You know, the sound, just the quality of like the movement. It's really incredible to see just how well uh, the films sort of just you know look and sound nowadays. I think that's one thing Pixar really nails, especially what past 10, 15 years. I remember Ratatouille looked fantastic yeah. when uh, we originally watched it too. There's a lot of things that I. Notice you said the word incredible. Was that like intentional, Noah? Since no, coming? no. I say, I just say fantastic a lot or amazing a lot, and I'm just trying to sort of find uh, different adjectives to describe no, the movie. Perfectly appropriate, given yeah. that we're talking about Pixar. Yeah, I don't know. I personally really like um, the first Toy Story movie. I think it was the fully 
the first fully CG animated film. Yes, it was. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, considering as much of a technical achievement as it is, I think it's actually a really good story as well. Yeah. Um, the mean-spirited thing, I tend to disagree with a little bit because I think it's a large character arc for Woody and Buzz kind of getting through that jealousy and all that. Yeah, certainly. Um, and I think it, it sets up really well for the rest of the series, but I, I honestly think it might be my least favorite of the four in that uh, quadrilogy. Yeah, yeah. that's well said. That's I, well I said. would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so moving on from Toy Story 1. Next, it was A Bug's a Life? A Bug's Life. Okay, and when was that released? Uh-huh. When was it After released? Toy Story. When <laughs> 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 was it released? Yeah, it was. It was yeah. released. Uh, so I'm gonna I guess... just want to say that before we started this podcast, I said I do not have the years. That oh, released. that's right, that's right. <laughs> and you said, that's okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pull that up. Anyway, I'm guessing it was released somewhere around... 98, 98, maybe. 98, yeah. Um, I remember seeing A Bug's Life uh, a couple times as a kid, and I really enjoy it. Uh, I definitely think it uh, still sort of had that early uh, CG uh, sort of uh, sheen to it that isn't present in the current films, of course, because you know everything is an animated feature nowadays, and there's so many billion-dollar franchises now. But um, I, I remember A Bug's Life being pretty good, and um, I remember... Uh, there was a really fun video game on PlayStation mm-hmm. that yeah. <laughs> uh, sort of accompanied it, and maybe that sort of made me like the film better. But I will say this was probably one of the more forgettable entries in terms of just the lasting impact it had. Uh, Pixar has notably not really ever opted for a sequel to this one, despite how a lot of fans uh, generally do like it a lot in retrospect. But um, overall, I would say I need to watch it again. It's just, it's a good movie from what I remember, but it just seems like Disney doesn't really have an interest uh, with it further except for um, the cool ride that's at, what, Animal Kingdom? Yeah, I guess it's still there. I had not seen the movie. I've not seen Bugs Life. I don't know where I was when Bugs Life came out, but I missed it. Uh, But the ride is great. Yeah, You probably watched Ants instead, right? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that, but I didn't know. I actually watched A Bug's Life about a month ago. Um, Really? On on Disney Plus, yeah. Um, You know, the movie itself, I think, is pretty good. Um, I think, I I feel like not a lot really happens in the movie, but honestly, it probably has my favorite villain in a Pixar movie. Is that the Um, Grasshopper grasshopper one? Yeah. I can't remember his name. It's like Thumper or Stomper. I think it's, I don't know. Look it up for me, because I don't want to be wrong. But um, I think Thumper is correct. I think it's Thumper, um, but I definitely think he's probably the best Pixar animated movie villain that they've had. Um, But yeah, that's a great movie. Um, Is he like objectively evil, no redeemable qualities, that kind of thing? No, no, this is a Pixar film. There has to be redeemable qualities. That's the thing. I mean, him being evil is kind of from the perspective of the ants. Um, because, you know, it's kind of a food chain thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's more of a, uh, an evil born out of, you know, the way things are. Yeah. Um, especially in that ecosystem. Right. Um, but I mean, he's, he's kind of scary. I mean, if I was a, a kid watching a movie about bugs, um, he'd be pretty scary. Kind of like humans with dinosaurs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would you say know, so. Because, I mean, they're only evil because they're going to eat us. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Not Jurassic right. Park like, comes to mind. Right, exactly. Like, sharks are scary because they can Jurassic Park us, was so. Pixar, right? Yeah. yeah, and we were just talking no, about... No, I'm kidding. We were it's just not. talking about this. Sharks, I mean, I think most people know, don't actively seek out humans to eat, but I think before Jaws, a lot of people didn't really consider sharks to be a real concern, but after the cultural shift that happened with the first blockbuster mm-hmm. in Jaws, right. people were just 
really uh, water averse and just like, you know, really always thinking about sharks, even in shallow water. I mean, it comes up for me sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, even when I get in the water, I know that, you know, nothing would get me, but I think it just goes uh. to show the impact of the film and sort of how it's even lasted, not just with your generation, but my generation as mm -hmm. well. So I think we are now moving on to Toy Story 2, which released on November 24th, 1999. So this was not long after you were born, Luke. No, yeah, yeah. just three weeks actually. Yeah, so uh, we've seen Toy Story two how many times? Probably ten. Not enough. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it is IMO the best of the Pixar films. Yeah, uh, Toy Story two uh, easily one of the greatest films I've ever seen. Uh, I think it tells a very poignant story while introducing some new interesting characters that you know felt like they fit and the franchise and sort of uh, keeping the established characters close together and showing how much they mean to each other. And of course, like you were referencing, the first one had to sort of set up those relationships, mm -hmm. but I think the second one is really where it gets into its groove. Um, I mean, there's even a song in it that's really sweet. There's, uh, you know, you see Andy's impact on the toys and, you know, the relationship and just the idea that maybe they don't want to be uh, that Andy doesn't want to play with them anymore as he grows up. Uh, and I, I think that's pretty interesting uh, just to see how it all played out. And there's actually a lot of fun different scenes mm -hmm. and set pieces. I remember the airport one, and there was a really fun computer uh, action game uh, with Toy Story 2. Yeah. Yeah, you remember that? The Buzz Lightyear action game. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, that game was awesome. But, yeah, I don't know. For Toy, for Toy Story 2, I, I like... It's one of my favorite Pixar movies as well. Um, I just like that... After having established all the characters in the first movie, it's more of a lighthearted adventure. Uh -huh. um, and I think there's a lot of... It's actually really funny, too, I think, that the movie is. I think um, the whole subplot with Buzz Lightyear versus all the other Buzz Lightyears. Yeah, that was cool. Um, that was cool. And the fact that now he's self-aware that he's a toy in this movie, whereas and he's dealing with those other Buzz Lightyears, yeah. I think is really funny. Um, isn't, I, I just love the whole... Isn't this the first... Is, isn't this the one that opens with the whole Zerg? Yes. And, like, that is such a yeah. cool Yeah, the opening scene, scene is awesome. And the yeah. Zerg is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the other thing I'll say about Toy Story 2 is that, you know, we talked in a recent podcast episode uh -huh. about sequels and films that didn't need a sequel. Yeah. If you think about Toy Story, yes, it was um, sort of a, a, a film that, you know, had a story and it concluded, but... I don't know, maybe because of the name, but maybe because of the theme, maybe because of the um, the entire uh, film itself, it sort of lends itself to, it's okay in a way that it has another story. Mm -hmm. You know, does that make yeah. sense? No, I mean, whereas no Jaws exactly. and, and Rocky, we talked about in a previous episode, really didn't need yeah. another episode. I don't know that it needed it, but it, it was okay because you like these characters and you felt like they could do something different, yeah. not repeat yeah. Yeah. another shark, another fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. so it, it yeah. sort of makes it okay to have a sequel. Yeah, yeah and I think and we'll explore that they further did a great job. when we talk about uh, the third film yeah. and the trilogy later on. Mm -hmm. But yeah. next up is uh, Monsters, Inc., which came out on November 2nd, 2001. Uh, I remember Monsters, Inc. Uh, pretty well. Uh, I remember watching it two or three times when I was a kid. But I don't feel like I necessarily got it because I watched it again probably five or six years ago and I started to really appreciate the humor for adults and the fun stuff for kids you know it actually has a really great script 
and um, Sully as a character is super fun with, and of course Mike Wazowski, who's just been you know the product of so many memes and you know just uh, different sort of cultural sensations. I, I definitely feel like Monsters Inc. Uh, has a lot of classic sort of lines to it and things that people remember today. I mean, when you hear twenty three nineteen, you're thinking of the sock on that monster's back, and then Randall, of course, as a character. I also thought it was really cool that it was kind of like it was both sort of a movie about you know the morality of scaring children Mm -hmm. and i think it was a cool play on office life you know what it's like to work in this sort of like you know factory office environment to you know power the monster city and then sort of you know make it into a thing where it's about corporate greed almost too Yeah, so uh, there's actually a lot of layered themes here, and I remember uh, my least favorite part about the movie is when they're uh, going through all the doors, and then they get to, I guess it's the Himalayas, or the Swiss Mm -hmm. Alps, or something like that, and they meet uh, the Abominable Snowman, and you know, that's all funny and stuff, but I remember that's sort of where the movie felt a little bit too long. Other than that, though, Monsters, Inc. has a lot to enjoy, so what do you remember from it? Yeah, no, I mean, generally speaking, Monsters, Inc., I think is... I know a lot of people say it's one of their favorite Pixar movies. For me, it's not one of my favorites, but it's one that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was saying, I do think the... Uh, it's another situation where I think the villain actually turns out to be better than you expect it to be because it goes from Randall to, I think his name Mr. is Mr. Waternoose. Yeah. yeah, Mr. Waternoose. And um, yeah, I mean, in terms of those themes of like corporate greed and stuff like that, it's kind of far beyond what you'd expect from a uh, like a family feature film. Um but especially as I've, I I saw it a number of years ago, um, you know, where I was at five or six years old. Um, and I looked at it and I was thinking that there was more going on in that movie than I originally yeah, thought that Yeah, was. and I think that sort of speaks to Pixar movies in general. You know, kids can love them, but adults can get a lot out of them yeah. as well, you yeah. know? Yeah, you know, I don't remember Monsters, Inc. all that well. I remember, it, in my mind, it's, it's a fine entry into the Pixar canon, but it's no. not, um, I mean, I... We'll get to Monsters University in a minute, but uh, it's a good film, but for me, it's not quintessential Pixar. Fair enough. Fair enough. I feel like a lot of people would disagree with you, mm-hmm. but moving on, I think there is another film that is almost, quintessential Pixar. Yeah. Universally loved. Uh, and this is Finding Nemo, which released on May 30th, 2003. And I think this is the first Pixar film I actually remember releasing and sort of having a marketing campaign around. There was McDonald's toys. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember those, Luke. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and generally generally speaking, I, I mean, you know, I was excited to see this. Bef- this is something I was actually looking forward to uh, before we eventually watched it. And, I mean, what can be said that hasn't been already for this film? I mean, it tells a very heart-wrenching story, even from the beginning, you know, with yeah. that setup of, uh, you know, Marlon being wanting to take really close care of his son, and it's not his fault that he's so protective, but he also needs to learn to let Nemo be, you know, more independent and on his own in many ways. So I think there's this weird sort of duality of, you know, kids would probably agree with Nemo, but fathers would probably understand where Marlon's coming from and, you know, wanting to protect the family. So I appreciate that sort of aspect of it. And I watched it again probably six months ago. It's really cool just to see all the different places this film takes us. I mean, you've got that whole... Uh, 30 minute scene with Bruce and the sharks talking about you know fish are friends not food you know that's that's fun stuff that might 
have been a cool nod to Jaws in some sorts of ways with, um, you know, they live in like a minefield and like, you know, then they go into the trenches and then you have Dory, of course, who, uh, I mean, Ellen really had sort of a awesome voice acting star turn yeah. there. Ooh. I mean, and then they go to Australia. Um, was it? Crush. Uh, it was uh, Crush. Crush is great too. Yeah. It's P. Sherman, forty-two Wallaby Way, Sydney, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, there's just so many memorable things about this film. And then you got Gil, and you got the starfish, and when he's hanging out uh, there. So I, I think there's a lot of classic elements of other films that have been put into this movie, but it's just very beautifully done. I yeah. want to point out that that um, that we're recording this on Father's Day, and there are some real fathers. Father themes, yeah, in Finding Nemo, yeah. which is one of the things I like most about this film. So right. it's a great film, great voice acting. Um, in my opinion, one of the top three, one of my favorite three, fine um, Pixar films. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about the movie, I think, is um, like he was talking about the diversity of the locations. I think the sense of scale in mm-hmm. the movie mm-hmm. is probably unmatched by any other Pixar movie because it's literally a journey across the ocean. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then even in the fish tank, you know, there's the main fish tank that they go through, and then they go, um, I forget what it is they're doing in there exactly, um, but they have that little mission in there, and that mm-hmm. feels like a completely different area. But um, yeah, I don't know. It feels like the stakes are higher because it's you know an entire ocean and one fish looking for a sun. Yeah. And there's a bunch of there's a lot of perilous stuff that happens, which I think makes it a lot more entertaining. I have to say that Finding Nemo is the first time I'd ever heard of a puffer fish yeah. i know that sounds really? crazy that really? it was just you know, or a clown fish right and um shout out to my friend chris because of a fishing expedition we took i caught a puffer fish so i felt a little bit you know really a connection to yeah is that your yeah. first time fishing ever no interesting no cool but you caught a cu- uh you caught a puffer fish i caught a puffer fish Did you throw it back no of course not we um we filleted it and had it for dinner I don't believe you. No, no way. You shouldn't. Catch and re- <laughs> you are a catch and release kind of guy. I've never met I one. All right, so moving on. We have The Incredibles, which dropped on November 5th, 2004. And uh, Luke, I'm sure that you probably remembered the leading up to this one because yeah. you were old enough to sort of get excited for films and like look forward to the release dates. There was probably a McDonald's campaign for yeah, this, too. It yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, so tell me what you think about The Incredibles. Um, the Incredibles is probably my second favorite Pixar movie. Um, I know I've heard people refer to it as the best superhero movie ever made, and they're probably right. For um, a time, I would say so. I would probably still say now. Um, yeah, I don't made, know if I disagree with that. The, see, the, the, there's two different parts of the movie, you know? There's the superhero part of it, and then there's also just the whole family dynamic. Yeah. And I think the family dynamic is considerably better than the superhero part. Uh, Bob Parr can't let go of the past. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to be the man, the superhero. Um, and I think having a family... He didn't expect it to make him feel like he's slowing down. But um, I think the family dynamic is considerably better than the actual superhero part of it. And the superhero part of it is awesome. Frozen is hilarious. Best. That scene with his wife, uh, you know, sort of the balance between saving others and, you know, making sure that you're yeah. actually giving the time that, you know, you're supposed to dedicate to your family. Like, yeah. that, that, that's a classic scene there, too. Yeah. And I also think it's the first time we started to see that take on superheroes yeah. because we've seen a lot of that since yeah. I was about to say right. this was the first real yeah. iteration of perhaps what the boys now goes for or Invincible and you're just watching uh, Jupiter's Legacy right, right? yeah there's yeah. a lot of the whole um, what's it like to be a superhero in the real world yeah. today I mean, yeah. Superman and yeah. Lois does that too and sure. it's just a really effective way and that was the first time we had seen it 
And uh, of course, the voice acting of Craig T. Nelson and Holly Hunter, those were, that was great. Yeah. I mean, no. classic. But. So, something else about it that I kind of have already mentioned makes me like movies better is like, it's actually another perilous movie. Like, superheroes are actually dying to yeah. the, the Omnidrone or you're, whatever. You're right. Um, so, like, you feel like when Bob Parr, Mr. Incredible, has to fight in that volcano, you feel like there's an actual possibility of him Jeopardy. being injured. Exactly. Yeah. So, I think conflict perilous conflict in these movies um makes them considerably better especially because these are movies that are for families but you know obviously there's still enough tension to keep older audiences involved and then kids even if they're just there to look at the so when you think about it the whole fresh approach to the whole superhero genre started with the Incredibles. Oh, yeah, the Incredibles. Leave it to Pixar yeah. to change yeah. the game. And, you know, right. I, I feel like there was a time where Pixar consistently surprised yeah. audiences. They went in expecting a new, fresh, original sort of experience. But there was something... There was, like, a take maybe on an established idea mm-hmm. that was way different at the time. And I felt like yeah. the Incredibles, we were just talking about how it has something for everyone, both kids and adults. You know, for adults, it's got that maybe midlife crisis sort of thing, wanting mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm. but still loving your family, but mm-hmm. not really knowing where to go about it. And then for, you know, kids, there's a ton of action, and you've got Jack-Jack, and you've got uh, uh, you've got um, Dash and Violet. So, you know, that's a ton of fun as well. But I think the best scene is when he's fighting the Omni Drone, and it's stretching him, and then it cracks his back, and he's like, He's fine after that because he was having back troubles the oh, entire yeah. time. So, you know, that's, that's, it's so funny. And I, I just think it's so well done. It's exciting, like you were saying. Yeah. It's perilous. The stakes are obviously higher. And there's a great diversity of set pieces, too. Yeah. They go a long way in this film. And it also sort of just, like, represents a strong familial bond mm-hmm. that I really appreciated. Uh, sort of, you know, they were a great superhero family. And yeah. I felt like the ending was ambiguous enough to sort of be fine as yeah. a forever just like one-off film yeah which it should have been by the way you're right mm, you're right so true we'll get to that yeah and yeah i have gotten to that in the previous episode but the incredibles bottom line incredible it's very aptly titled it's incredible yeah cool all right next up we have cars, cars. 2006 i can start on cars yeah Go please start do. on cars i actually watched cars like a month ago as well <laughs> um and i'll be honest cars is way better than i thought it was um when i was growing up and i saw it mm-hmm um, I think the whole Radiator Springs thing, yes, it's a little bit boring, especially for kids, but, um, Lightning McQueen is, he's just, he's just a jerk throughout the entire movie. So isn't it's, Owen it's, Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. And Paul Newman's in that too, isn't he? Uh, I think maybe, uh, isn't Larry the Cable Guy, Mater? The, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So. But yeah, I mean, the movie itself, I used to not like, and I think generally speaking, Cars is the, uh. The redheaded stepchild of the Pixar universe. I think that's right. When it comes I, to I being a series, yeah. well, I think if it's um, if most people would uh, agree that Cars isn't a terrible movie, it was a clear drop off in quality from the films we were just yeah, talking about. That, right? that is true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Cars is still exciting. Like all the race sequences are really good. Um, Kachow. Kachow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's another one of those kind of coming of age stories to, in a sense because Lightning McQueen's like a young hotshot, mm-hmm. um, and then you know the, having that life experience, meeting a mentor, mm-hmm. Doc Hudson, yeah. um, kind of brings him back down to earth. So he sees it's not all about the racing and things like that. Uh, but I could see it definitely drags in Radiator Springs because there's literally nothing for them to do there other than 
learn tip cows and make Lightning McQueen like see that people are actually decent and mm. he's not the greatest thing of all time. I have to admit, I never finished the film. Really? I, yeah, we watched it at home, and I think I fell asleep. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing it with you in 2006 uh, during the summer, and um, I, what everything you've said is true, so I'll just say this. It does have a very good message, but getting there isn't necessarily as fun or yeah. interesting as the other ones. Yeah, the first 10% is great, then the next 70% is not, and then the last 20% yeah. is also great. Yeah. All right, so we're moving on to Ratatouille, which is top three Pixar films for me. What an excellent movie. I watched uh, Ratatouille probably close to a year ago, and what a beautiful film, first of all. I think this was the best-looking Pixar film to date at the time, and it sort of just it gives you another original, interesting, entertaining idea. If Cars left a bad taste in your mouth in terms of quality, then Ratatouille just has a lot of love in it. You know, it's set in France, you know, there's sort of this like romantic idea about food and how it brings people together and, you know, how anybody can cook. I love the idea that, you know, it takes two people, an aspiring chef uh, who might be a little bit down on his luck, sort of trying to fill the shoes of who may be potentially his father, which is, uh, you know, uh, the big chef or whatever it was in that. And then you've got the rat where we generally, you know, we don't like rats. You know, they're taking mm -hmm. food, they're thieves is how we see them. So I love how it takes those two and sort of flips them, like, on the head. I, I just feel like it's a beautifully shot film. It's very, um, it, it, I, I just feel like there's so much to enjoy about seeing how the characters interact with one, of one another and what they say about food. Because food really is the great, uh, I guess, conjoiner of people. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I would say, if anything... We all need to eat, but why can't we enjoy it together? Mm -hmm. And I, I love how it sort of just—I love how it sort of shows people that there is great art in both the city of you know Paris and just being able—is it in Paris or just France? Uh, Paris. Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How there's great art in that, and you know, even the ending too. You know, it's not a happy ending per se but they make the most out of it too and it, it i mean it ends happy enough but uh, you know i love the critic food critic and yeah. anton ego as well yeah, so. awesome. i think the thing with ratatouille that surprises me is that the film it the word is hard to say yeah and for kids it, it's particularly hard to say sure. yeah um, I, I i absolutely love this film it's one of my favorite very favorite pixar films um it's one that i could i've watched multiple times and can go back and watch again and not get tired of so great yeah. film great story you're right it is it is a great looking film yeah it's yeah. a masterpiece in yeah. my opinion yeah 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 i said the incredible is my second favorite ratatouille is easily my favorite yeah. of all the pixar movies um everything that's already been said i agree with um i think it's the most entertaining i think it's the best paced um and i think and it doesn't drag anywhere either. no so um it's surprisingly it's, it's, good. It's an amazing movie. Yeah. 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 Speaking of surprising, let's talk about the next film in the Pixar vault, which is Noah Zeiser's favorite, Wally. All right. So, Wally released in uh, June of 2008, and um, it's kind of stayed there in my mind because I didn't get Wally. I heard rave reviews coming into this film saying they don't speak for the first 30 minutes. You know what? I'm fine with that. And then they're just saying it's an amazing sort of allegory or metaphor for this. And, you know, there's it talks about, you know, climate change and like what humans are doing to the world. I think all that's 
all well and good, but what a boring film. Oh my goodness. And people love this movie. People love this movie. This is many people's favorites. It really is. I know. And I wanted to like Wally. Don't get me wrong. I wanted to. But oh my gosh, I just I just remember being so bored, even as a kid in the theater, and just being like, This is not the Pixar film that I'm used to. And you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing to have something brand new, because Pixar often did that during these times. But Oh my goodness, it was just so dry. I You can't really invest in a robot, necessarily, or a set of robots. And of course, you know, all the humans are super wasteful and whatnot. And I mean, I get the importance of the lesson, but it was just, I don't remember way too much because I don't think that much really happened at the end of the day. I, I, I just, I don't know. It's I remember seeing it in the theater with you guys mm-hmm. and um, not liking it myself. Yeah. So I'm just going to say Wally, in my opinion, is the least of many um, uh, Pixar films for me. Yeah. 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 I saw it one time ever when I was eight, so I don't know if that's a, I don't know if I can really give it a fair review um, or add any useful commentary, but I've, I've only ever seen it the one time, mostly because I just didn't enjoy it that first time yeah. mm-hmm. that I saw it. Um, I could see how people like the themes and things, but for me... I don't know. It was just two robots making little noises, then suddenly they were on a rocket ship with fat people, and I didn't get it. Yeah, right? I mean, that's essentially where it went for me. All right, so moving on from Wally, if nobody else has uh, extra thoughts on that. We're moving on up. All right. Correct. Correct you are. <laughs> so May 29th, 2009, the film Up came out. And this might be another unpopular opinion. Let's be honest here. The only reason people loved or remember Up is because of the first amazing, sensational, objectively incredible ten minutes. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it it makes the movie completely memorable. Um, It is honestly the only part of the film, and I've watched the film multiple times, Mm -hmm. that I remember even though I've watched it multiple times. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of a personal thing for me. My my Your grandmother, my mom, had passed, um, and I remember seeing it with, with my dad at one point. Yeah. Um, and uh, that scene, just obviously in the, the first 10, 15 minutes, where you know you see their life together, yeah. and then you see him losing his, his wife, just really hit home. So for me, it will always be a very personal mm-hmm. kind of experience. Uh-huh. And... Um, but the rest of the film sort of got out of the, got out of control for me and was, I mean, after those first ten or fifteen minutes, how do you how do you match that anyway, or how do you extend that? Uh-huh. So for me, it's all about the first fifteen minutes, I'll say, in Up. Yeah, which certainly. makes the film worth seeing, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, after the whole they get out of the suburban neighborhood and you know his house might be uh, constructed over or something like that, they go to this far off land for adventure purposes. And I generally know what happened. You know, there's this giant rare bird that hangs around with them. And uh, there's a villain who's some kind of, you know, old crusader or like, you know, treasure hunter. But I don't, nothing stuck out enough to me that was either funny or impactful after the film that really sort of made me recognize it as one of the better Pixar films. And I think the first 10 minutes are incredible because of how emotionally resonant and just well well done without words it was but 
you can't grab us like that and then give us a movie afterwards that doesn't really have any super memorable parts to it. Russell is, of course, a sweet character, but, you know, I, I definitely felt like this one could have been better, but it sort of suffered after, after you know, once they got sort of to the far-off land. Like, look what it have about them. Yeah, I think I like the movie a lot better than they do. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I, it again, it has a lot going on they go far away they do lots of things um i think doug is hilarious one of the characters oh is doug the dog doug's the dog yeah i think doug is hilarious um and also i just like the whole kind of story of how russell finds a father figure um and i think even though it can't live up to the first 15 minutes like i don't it's hard to do that, and in retrospect, nobody could really expect them to continue to keep that first 10, 15 minutes up. Um, but, I see what you did right? there. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I really like the movie. I think it's a ridiculous plot that's really entertaining, and I think they go do some really exciting stuff, and I think there's some really good characters. Not Kevin. I don't like Kevin. I don't even remember Kevin. The it, bird. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember the bird yeah. being annoying. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 All yeah. right. All right. Well, let's move on to another classic. Yeah. Toy Story 3. Released on June 18th, 2010, and by this point, uh, I was old enough to sort of, I was a teenager, so I was just like, should I even really see Toy Story 3? And then I was like, yes, you know what? 100%, I you was, should see that film. I remember my friends and I were talking about it, and uh, then we all just sort of said to ourselves, absolutely, we should see Toy Story 3. Like, who are we kidding? This was, what, over 10 years in the making? Well over. Um, yeah. And in my opinion, it delivered completely. What a great film. Uh, it, it Lotso was, is really mean. Yeah, I'm just I know. Saying. Like Sid in, in in the first one. Lotso, Lotso is one of the great Pixar really villains. I think, mean. Too. Yeah, this is one of those movies that really didn't have an entirely justified reason to happen. Right. Toy Story one and but two could have so stood well. on strong legs as they were, mm-hmm. uh, even while potentially opening up for a sequel. But three was more than justified, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it looked incredible. I mean, who could forget that trash compactor scene with them all, you know, just sort of waiting for Emotionally, something to happen. Emotionally, in my opinion, it's the most powerful of the four films. And you know what? I feel like it brings all that emotion that two really introduced, yeah. and, par- and yeah. partly one, to sort of like a culmination here. You love the characters. You know them already. You're happy to see them again. Uh-huh. It does bring in some new characters, but it's put in a way where they're not sort of gimmicky. Mm. I really just enjoyed how the entire film is about, you know, love, like care for one another, Mm -hmm. family, and, you know, how even if, uh, you know, so Andy leaves for college in this one, right? And that's another huge emotion. And that was looming in my own life, so that was a lot. Even if somebody important... over. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Even if an important person leaves your life, like, you still have others that you can be strong with and, you know, be part of a family with mm-hmm. and i yeah. really loved that about this film it's just it's a very sweet movie and i'll always remember it for those aspects and just generally how entertaining it was i i, I thought it was a great movie and you know I'd, I'd watch it over again very soon i'm not a big crier in films um you know they get me and i like that this film really got me on that whole trash compactor scene yeah you know it was yeah. like you know don't break up my my crew yeah <laughs> you and the rest of the world right? I know, right? so well done yeah. pixar you know whereas i think toy story one was a good like character development movie setting up that mm-hmm. group of characters and i said toy story two is like a really good adventure movie yeah i like toy story three because it's it's like a prison break movie um yeah it kind of is and yeah. that's honestly one of my favorite things about it is yes it doesn't have to exist but 
Toy Story as a whole is considerably better because it does. Yes. Um, and this was another one of the movies. Toy Story, I think, as a franchise, none of those movies necessarily need a sequel, but every one of the sequels makes it so that the series itself is better off. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, I thought that was it. Um, and it could have been. Yeah. And I also think it could have been Pixar's like Magnum last Opus. movie. Uh-huh. You know, I think they could have quit after that. Um, some people probably think they should have um, because the 2010s were not nearly as successful as the right. 2000s. Uh, yeah. Um, right. Money. We'll be yeah. breezing this one, I think this is the first Pixar film to make a billion dollars. Yeah. Or at least one of the first. Yeah. It was also the first Pixar film that um, cost $200 million uh, was their budget. Yeah. Compared um, to $30 million. Compared to $30 million for 1995s. Yeah. A to, uh, Toy Story, yeah. yeah. But the there's another film in that same year that mm-hmm. came out yeah. that also had a budget of 200 million. Yeah, and it is, in fact, the only film on Rotten Tomatoes that is rotten, and that is Cars Two. I have not seen Cars Two, so I will withhold any comments because same. I have none. Have you seen? Cars? I have not seen Cars Two. Okay, I'm the only one seeing Cars Two. Um, what a stupid premise for a movie. <laughs> <laughs> like. Cars one was 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 pretty good, uh-huh. and then they pretty much just decide. Okay, what was the movie that came out after Cars two? Brave. Uh, it was Brave. Okay, obviously everybody was focused on making Toy Story three, and they just put their D <laughs> their D squad on Cars two. So stupid! Like nobody wants a car spy movie. All the characters are so stupid. Tow Mater looks like the smartest one of the bunch, uh, and it's it's awful. That's. I, it's really bad. I really appreciate that description, and you know, it's just one of those films where it's just like if Cars was the quote-unquote black sheep of the franchise then why would the cars franchise be a, a franchise sequel. like why, why would it a of all movies why would this one get a sequel and there's a third one coming no yeah. it's out no i know that's what i mean oh right. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah cars 2 really really just useless should not exist really stupid movie terrible plot um classic sequel <laughs> Yeah, but there yeah. okay. There are actually some interesting action sequences, but really bad overall. Uh, all right, fair all enough. Right, That's we'll all I need on. to know. I don't know if I'll Same. ever see it. And we'll move on to a film that I don't think any of us have seen. We did not see Brave. This came out in uh, on June twenty second, twenty twelve. Uh, I think at this point, um, I just I, I think I had a little bit of Pixar fatigue, and I wasn't necessarily interested. I don't really like stuff that's high fantasy necessarily, and I know it's I know it's uh, still Pixar, but mm-hmm. you know stuff like that doesn't. I I had seen the coming of age story, the sort of you know princess or prince sort of you know uh, making their own path, not following what their family's footsteps necessarily yeah. are. And I, I just I, I just have to say I, I wasn't really interested to go and see this for myself. I'll probably watch it one day, yeah. but I think Brave probably set the tone more as like an introduction to a new princess rather Mm -hmm. than an amazing story from what I've heard. A lot of people, this is often the most forgotten about one besides Cars 2 or 3. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brave, I've never seen it, but I do know that there was some, there were a handful of development issues in it. Really? Similar to Toy Story 2. Apparently, I don't know if you've heard the stories about Toy Story 2. Look it up if you haven't. The entire movie got erased halfway through creating it. Oh, wow. Um, Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, so man. they accidentally raced it and it had about eight months left and they put it all together and released it. And it's as good as it is. And it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the original director um, Pixar had for this movie was the woman who directed The Prince of Egypt. Amazing movie, Amazing by the way. film. Amazing um, film. The best, really? uh, yeah. the best, like what, hand-drawn or just yeah. animated? Yeah. Probably film, feature film ever. Yeah, and they fired her. 
Um, so what, they what for? The I, I don't know why. Creative differences. Um, creative differences, I think, with... I don't know who the head of D- Pixar is. I forget his name. It was but John Lasseter. Right? John Lasseter. Right. John Lasseter. It was John Lasseter. Dis- and I met John Lasseter. John Lasseter yep. disagreed huh. with her. She got fired, and apparently the whole, I think, vision it for the movie suffered went with for her. it. Yeah. 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 Shame. Well, that's what happens when, uh, I guess... Uh, executive tampering happens in films, and apparently that happens pretty often. So, what a shame to hear. But uh, next up, on June 21st, 2013, came Monsters University, which is just a really cool film. You know, And, and in a recent podcast episode, we talked about films that had sequels that were superior to the original. Yep. Yeah. And Noah, you and I both agreed that Monsters University was among them. Yeah, yeah and all of us agree on yeah. that then. Yeah, it, it, it's funny too because this one came what 12 years after Monsters Inc and, and I was like, do we really need a sequel to this? But you know what? It was cool just yeah. to see them in college. It was fun. I think there was a couple continuity errors from the first one, but who cares? It's still a Pixar movie. Seeing Mike Wazowski and Sully go through college was hilarious and Luke and I were both in fraternities Uzma Kappa. Yeah, yeah. you remember that. Yeah, so you, you I was in Uzma Kappa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, there's just a ton of fun to be had with this concept and i felt like it really delivered you know it was positive and upbeat and while i didn't feel like there was incredible stakes it was just sort of a cool way to show uh sully and mike wazowski as younger people sort of getting into what happened and i i feel like there was a lot in this film that you know it wasn't a tearjerker it was more so something that was just fun to watch it was uplifting and positive in a lot of ways so I don't know. I like how it expands on the monsters universe. Yeah. Um, just because honestly, the first one did a really good job with like the corporate stuff like that. Um, but I think this one's interesting to see how there's like an actual science behind the scaring and how people mm-hmm. go to school for it. Um, I also think it shows a lot more of Mike Wazowski because the first movie is more about Sully. The second movie is yeah. almost entirely about Mike Wazowski. Um, because I mean, and I, I like the message how not everybody's cut out for their dream. You know, um, yeah. Mike Wazowski, like he's just not scary in there. I, for me personally, if he showed up in my closet, I would be horrified. Oh yeah. But in the world of monsters, you know, he's not scary, and I like watching him kind of come to accept that even there is a place for him. He's not yeah. cut out for his dream, but he can be like a great coach and mentor to scarers and be best friends with somebody who is really good at that. Yeah. So great stuff. All I around. love that movie. Yeah. You have any thoughts on it? Uh, just but I liked it. It was a great sequel, and um, honestly, it was so strong that if one day they wanted to do a, a Monsters three, yeah. I'd be in. Yeah, yeah, cool. I agree. Cool. I think there is one in development uh, potentially. I feel like I heard that not too long ago. All right. So next up is Inside, Inside Out, Out, which came out June nineteenth, twenty fifteen. I've never seen Inside Out. I've heard amazing things about it, but uh, what are y'all's thoughts? Did you see it, Luke? I did. Go. Um, I didn't love it nearly as much as everybody else did. I didn't find it as entertaining. I could see why people like it. It's definitely got a lot of creative stuff going on it. But for me, I didn't really like any of the characters, quite honestly. Um, Joy, I think, is the main character. Didn't do anything for me. Um, I'm with you. Forgettable. Uh, yeah, I, I know this is going to be unpopular because yeah. a lot of people love, love this that. film yeah. and, and quote it and have very strong feelings and identify with it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, it, I just didn't get it. Um, for me, sometimes when Pixar strays into the ethereal, yeah, um, I get a little tired. Yeah, 
Um, and when I say ethereal, that might not be the most appropriate word to use. I know what but you're when it, not on the surface life. Yeah. You it's, know? yeah, it's just sort of a how people are the right. way they are, or yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I just yeah. it doesn't always work for me. So for me, Inside Out was um, not memorable yeah. at all. The mm-hmm. uh, the yeah. main conflict in the movie is that Joy wants to basically have the most control so that they can keep the kid happy. I mean, to me, like, I get that that's, like, the central conflict, but it doesn't really do it for me. Uh-huh. Um, I know character arc and all that stuff coming, but it's it's not my favorite. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move good. on to another one that I have not seen. I have not seen The Good Dinosaur. Uh, Grayson, if you're listening to this, shout out to you for coining a specific term for a specific person. That was awesome. But I have not seen The Good Dinosaur. I haven't either. I haven't either. Uh, apparently, the good dinosaurs concept came from uh, one of the gas station uh, signs in Toy Story One. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, pretty cool. Well, um, it uh, made it. It's probably in terms of North American before pre-pandemic North American box office the least successful. Yeah, I heard it was a beautiful movie. Of I was course, about to say, how much was the budget? Because one hundred seventy-five million. I heard a lot of it seems to be a tech demo almost because um, they were doing a lot of their. They're showing, showcasing a lot of their new technology that they had. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I think. Well, uh, yeah. From what I've heard, it seems like this one looks great, sounds very good, but there's not much, you know, there's not much substance to it necessarily, and that's fine sometimes. But with Pixar, they set themselves up for audience expectations. So worldwide, the good son, the good dinosaur made three hundred and thirty-two million. Our next film made over one billion dollars. Well, of course. And that was Finding Dory. June 17th, 2016. So, I never saw Finding Dory. I watched a little bit of it at some point when uh, that summer when I was doing the whole Gap thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember it just being kind of soulless, honestly. Mm-hmm. it You know, it was cute. I recognized the characters, and I enjoyed that. But it's just Finding Nemo's story was so solidly told as it was. I just felt like there was... Yeah absolutely no reason for a sequel to be made and if there had to be why all this time later 13 years later like you know it felt almost forced you know what i'm saying i i totally know i didn't i couldn't get through it yeah and 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 that's i mean this is almost blasphemy but i just really as much as i love fighting nemo i love ellen degeneres i love her voice work in both films we got 20 minutes into it. We were watching it at home. You know, sometimes when you go to a film, you gotta you gotta really invest, in, and you yeah. don't have to invest as much, yeah. which is why I like to watch them from my you couch. Fall asleep all the time. I know, right? Which is why I don't fall asleep at the theater. I just fall asleep on the couch. So all that is to say, <laughs> um, I got 20, 30 minutes into it, and it was so repetitive. It was just, I mean, okay, Dory, we get it. You don't remember anything. Yeah. And it was just hard to watch. So we didn't. She works better as a side character. Not she a does one. so well. Yeah. So, supporting So well stated. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. something I was going to say is I've never even tried to watch it, but I don't think I'd want 90 minutes of Dory being the main character in the first place. Yeah. Right. Because um, I like her in the movie, but a little good. You like her in small doses. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, of course. All right. So next we're moving on to Cars 3, June 16th, 2017. Uh, I believe this is, uh, I have not, I have not seen this film. Uh, Luke, did you see it? I did. Alright, and? What you got, Lou? I think it's the best of the three, probably. Really? really? Yeah. <laughs> Said no one ever, yeah. except Luke. Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a shame. Lightning McQueen does not say ka-chow one time. Are you serious? Movie. I'm serious. Mm. Which is uh, a, a tough blow. Um, but, 
it's I think it's the best of the three in the sense that there's more that happens without being a stupid spy movie um there's entertaining parts to it and then also Lightning McQueen kind of takes on the mentor role that Doc Hudson kind of gave to him at one point and he kind of accepts his place so it's a as, three film arc is what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. Lightning McQueen is all probably right. one of the all-time so great trilogy. characters yeah it mm-hmm. is a trilogy yeah it's like um, the last crusade I, actually honestly yeah. it, it'd be it's kind of a stretch to call it a trilogy because that second one really is so bad and, and not not even that but it has absolutely almost nothing to do with the uh, first and the third I think the third one's the best. Um, It has a really, I like the training montage in it. I think it's funny. That's Um, fun. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 okay. It's pretty good. Well, after the Good Dinosaur, it is the least successful film in North America. Less than Cars Two. Not that that matters. Uh, Oh yeah, Cars Two was really popular. Cars Two was made two hundred and forty-four million dollars in North America, whereas Cars Three made one hundred and fifty-two million. Wow, interesting. Yeah. All right, let's move on to a better one. We are moving on to Coco, which came out November 22nd, 2017. And this is just honestly one of the best Pixar films, easily top five. Um, I was tasked with seeing this movie for extra credit, and instead of an assignment, it felt like something that I genuinely wanted to be invested in. What a beautiful film with uh, the music-centered, sort of oriented approach it took. Sometimes I can be tired for movies, but I felt like this both recognized uh, and sort of gave a platform uh, to sort of South American, Latino culture. I thought that was fantastic. I really appreciated uh, the character and just how he loved his family. But, you know, he also wanted to be a musician. And, you know, there's sort of, when you're young, you have these big goals and ideas and dreams that sometimes when you're older, you realize may not pan out as well. But I love that this film sort of explored that theme while not, dismissing uh you know coco's uh ideas and also sort of you know exploring what the value of music is and of course uh dia de los muertos it explored that whole thing too which could have been really tough for a children's movie but i thought that was a fascinating thing and you know there's also a whole thing about never meet your heroes i thought that was a really cool sort of almost twist that the film gave um but i thought it was entirely original um it gave a great platform for sort of a more diverse uh pixar film mm-hmm. and it had great music and it was incredibly entertaining to watch uh coco is easily like a nine out of ten for me i love the movie Lou, did you see it i never saw it i heard it's really good yeah i kept hearing great things about it especially from mm-hmm. you noah and so i did see it and i completely agree yeah it was really among the best i don't know if it's top five for me but it's definitely definitely top ten and might be number five or so but uh good film all the way around. And far superior to the next one, IMO. Really? Actually, yes, you're correct. I was yeah. looking at the wrong one. Yeah. Okay, Incredibles 2, June 15th, 2018. Uh, my father and I have discussed this uh, on previous episodes, but we're just going to go ahead and reiterate. The Incredibles 2 did not need to happen. It was disappointing. It was pretty vapid and very forgettable. And I think a lot of it had to do um, with the fact that we are suffering from uh, superhero fatigue yeah what about you Luke? bad bad okay. honestly it doesn't feel like it exists in the same universe i agree the first one. completely yeah agree. didn't like it total cash grab it, yeah much like every sequel yeah. but especially this one even the climax not good i don't on even that, remember on it. that boat uh, yeah, on a boat, like not good i don't remember the stakes being as high even though they probably were it just felt like a lesser movie to me in every single respect it didn't have that quality that sort of like charm to it it mm-hmm. felt like 
It was meant to please a lot of people. I did enjoy seeing it with um, all of us, the four of us, yes. plus our friends. Yes. Shout that out was, to Chris and Donna. That was the best Carolina part of the Cameron. experience. Okay. Yeah. All right. So up next is Toy Story 4, which came out on June 21st, 2019. I was living in Los Angeles, and they had this big premiere for it on uh, my commute to work, and I so wanted to see it. But my friends uh, didn't want to go see it with me, and I never got around to it. I saw, um, I saw, I think a couple other movies instead. Booksmart, which is actually really good, mm. by the way. But Toy Story Four. I remember Keanu Reeves was in this one as sort of a small side character. I did not see it. I'm looking forward to seeing it very soon. But um, I've heard pretty good things from both of you, so go ahead and say what you got. Lou, Toy Story Four has the least. Of all the movies, it has a reason to exist the least, but I think it might be my second favorite of the four, actually. Really? Yeah. Behind three or two? Behind two. Okay. Um, so I think I like it better than three. Really? Um, I, really? I like the fact that, so originally, Woody goes from, in the beginning, from being a toy and like his sole purpose is to be there for Andy, and then he finds like his group of friends more so than he had like with Buzz. It feels like more of a family. Yeah. Um, and then in this one, he's not Bonnie's favorite like he was Andy's. And I like that with the help of um, a character from his past, he kind of comes into his own as an individual in this movie. Mm-hmm. And he feels okay with leaving behind um, what he formerly thought was his purpose in life. Mm. And this is supposed to be the end, right? I, I hope so. Speaking. I hope so, too, Luke. I hope it's, so, yeah. It's a good film. It's a really good film. I would say it's my third favorite yeah. of the four. Yeah, It's um, close between two, three and four for me. Yeah, I like four better than one, I think. Yeah, I agree. Not, yeah. yeah, But um, it felt the most disconnected, it, yeah. um, just, uh-huh. just because of sort of where they go and what they mm-hmm. do. Um, and uh, it's a good film. It's a very good film. Yeah. But... It's a very, it's a great film if there are no other Toy Story films. Yes. It's almost a flawless film if there are no other Toy Story films. Right. But because it compares, you of have to compare high, it. Yeah. Right. High, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's a very, very strong entry yeah. into a superb film arena, but it's just, it does, it suffers because of how outstanding the other films are. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and I think you actually started liking it more as time went on mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than your initial impression. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see it again. Yeah, I'd like to see it again. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So we have Onward next, which came out March 6, 2020. Um, I have not seen the last bit of uh, these films, so I'm going to let you, Luke, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. And I have seen it. Seen as well? it. Okay, cool. Luke. Yes. Yeah. All right, go ahead. I was not a fan of the movie. I don't. I thought it was a cool concept for the world where everybody's like an elf. I think. I think they were like mag. I think it was like a magical society at one point, and uh-huh. people started like straying away from magic. And the father was like a wizard or something like that. Um, and that's how they stay in contact with him after his death. But everything that happens is really boring in the movie. Um, and I also thought the last. Final Conflict was stupid as well. I don't remember the, the Final Conflict, but I will say... So we watched it's this like on Disney+. It's a trash Plus monster. Because Wasn't this, it, was, it was during the pandemic. It was originally supposed to be theatrically released. It, it was. was. the first yeah. sort of VO, big VOD. Was it Chris Pratt and Tom Holland? I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked it fine, but it's not memorable. Yeah. yeah. It so, didn't do anything for me. Right. So we'll move on. 
All right, so the next one is Soul, which came out on Christmas Day, 2020. I'd love to see this film. I just haven't gone around to it yet. Uh, you've seen Soul, correct? I have. Have you seen it, Luke? I've seen like 45 minutes of it, so I uh, can't really speak to it. Okay. Okay. Soul is a good film. Soul could be a better film. Mm -hmm. um, it is, again, there's a, a music emphasis. Yeah. Uh, jazz, the music is phenomenal. The, uh, the set design is outstanding. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, it suffers when it moves into the ethereal world. Gotcha. The main character dies early on. Mm -hmm. And so then he is, you know, you, you see him in, again, the ethereal world. And that just loses it for me. Because honestly, I, I think regardless of your, well, maybe not regardless, depending on your personal uh, faith beliefs. There are some things that Pixar tries to dance around a little bit mm. in order to accommodate everyone. Yeah. And in doing so, you can never be a hundred percent successful. Sure. And so I was fine with it. it. It wasn't upsetting or offensive. It was just sort of, um, it lost a lot of steam for me yeah. once the main character died, which he does in like the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, so finally, Luca. Um, I have not seen this because it just came out. We fully recognize that we should have watched this film. June 18th. Yeah. Prior to recording this podcast episode. Yes. Because this, to some degree, episode, or this, yeah, this podcast episode is in honor of the release of their 23rd film, right. Luca, which to me looks quite good and I want to watch it. Yeah, me too. Um, but uh, we've not seen it, so we can't really speak to it. To be fair, though, the idea for this episode was conceived or agreed upon 15 minutes before filming. So. <laughs> well, it was one of several ideas right. we had. Right? Yeah. We were doing our yeah. homework for for a different episode. So we are now it. just a movie podcast. No, we're not. We're not. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, essentially, uh, we're running a little bit long here, but we'd like to thank our listeners for sticking with us for our longest episode yet. Which is, you know, it's Father's Day today, and Noah gets his wish. It's, uh, yeah. it's an hour-long podcast episode. Oh, yeah. well, you know what? It's when a little we, bit of push and pull between we us We are here going through an exhaustive list of we Pixar are. films, so, of course, it's going to be uh, closer to an hour, but... Overall, those are our thoughts, and uh, we welcome your thoughts yeah. because perhaps by the end of the week we're going to have a Facebook page for yeah. ZZ Talk. Yes, that was promised, and <laughs> it remains to be seen if yeah. it will come into existence. So we will certainly figure that out. Send me the collateral and let us know if you want Luke on another episode where all we do is not eat. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking as we've been talking that this is your first episode. My first normal well, episode. You're, 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 you're actually eating. pretty insightful when you're not just eating. I was thinking, I was like, is anybody excited that I'm not just going to be making chewing sounds in the microphone <laughs> 30% of the Well, we do have a few more food episodes coming. Yeah, um, uh, those uh, some of them are going to be a little bit more intricately set up, so it might take a while before we get around to them. But we're still going to be here weekly. Um, if you somehow listened on Apple Podcasts and migrated over to Spotify, we get it. We know that there's something wrong and it's not distributing correctly anymore. When I find the time to distribute that over Apple Podcasts again, I promise I will uh, try to go ahead and do that because we want all of our listeners to sort of have convenience. All right, so we have uh, a... We, it was recommended by my father that we do a final uh, recommends uh, section uh, to end off this episode. Because we want this to be over an hour. Yes, exactly. Um, well, <laughs> if you're still listening, we really appreciate it. Yeah, okay. So, Mr. Suggester, what do you have? 
Um, uh, I have a, a TV show to recommend. Okay. Yeah, and it's called... Because we've been talking a lot about mm. superhero films, um, I'm going to recommend a, a Netflix show called Jupiter's Legacy. So oh, you like it? Yeah, it's an interesting concept. It's a little, uh, it's a little uh, different, but I'm only in episode two. But if you like superheroes and you like this whole movement toward the struggle with being a superhero and how difficult it is in today's world and how one generation of superheroes begets another and the transition is difficult, then you will find this interesting. I think the most interesting thing about this is the backstory. I don't know yet how they became superheroes, mm -hmm. but I like the backstory on how these characters met or what their relationships are and what experiences they had that led to whatever happened to them that brought them together to become superheroes. So, Jupiter's Legacy, only one season, not going to be a second season, I've already read, yeah. on Netflix, which is to its credit. Check it out. Cool. What All right. Got, Z? Uh, so, I have a TV show recommendation. Uh, it's called Waco. It features Taylor Kitsch of Friday Night Lights and John Carter and Battleship fame, if uh, people actually liked the love that film. <laughs> yeah, um, so... This movie, uh, I mean, not this movie, this miniseries uh, essentially sort of follows uh, the real-life situation that happened in Waco, Texas, and uh, Taylor Kitsch gives probably the best performance of his career outside of Friday Night Lights, um, sort of as this crazy, you know, Bible-thumping religious zealot who, um, he's pretty dangerous, pretty crazy guy, so I'll, I don't want to ruin too much or, uh, you know, spoil anything, but check out Waco. It's really good. Where can I watch that? Um, oh my gosh. It was on Netflix for a while. Okay. And I think it migrated to Hulu. But if you type in Waco streaming, you'll see exactly where you can watch it. All right. Okay. Luke, what you got? Yeah, so my recommendation, I didn't know we were doing this part. <laughs> um, but my recommendation is not a TV show as opposed as... It's, it's an experience. And I would say if you haven't been back to the movie theater yet, you should go to the movie theater. Um, because everything I watch in the movie theater is that much better um so yeah yeah as the pandemic kind of things start to return to normalcy um if you haven't been back to the movie theater do it it's a great experience a quiet place part two is really good too it if is you're looking for an objectively good film to watch there. also see it in the theater yeah I did. And it was Absolutely. awesome i saw I, it on imax actually and i didn't realize it until it was I too heard. late yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll go back to imax all right so that's uh all we have for today and our longest have, episode yet Yes, uh, don't expect this to always happen, but uh, give Only us some feedback. Right. If you do like the longer episodes, then we can try to find some topics that sort of encourage that. But other than that, you know, we want to be respectful of your time, and, you know, we got stuff to do as well. So uh, thank you very much for listening. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. I'm Luke. And this is ZZ Talk. Talk.